Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey there, Kevin Cruz here. Thanks for joining me. Now listen to this. I just got an awesome email from PJ Fernandez in South Africa. Uh, PJ writes, I must thank you for your book. It has literally changed my life. I am more productive than I've ever been. After studying your book, I now get a whole day's work done before lunch. See, I am not lying. When I talk about doubling productivity, get one day in before lunch. That's doubling right there. I talk about 10xing productivity in your key areas. If you are new to this podcast, if you are new to my book, just try some of this stuff. You know, put it on like you're borrowing a coat. If it doesn't fit, fine. But you might feel that coat on. You say, whoa, I look good. And you're going to want to keep it. So thanks, PJ, for the note. In the last episode, I told you how to talk to your boss about productivity if she or he is actually the problem. And in this episode, we're going to deep dive into how to fix time-wasting office meetings. But first, you know you need to give me your email address so you can get a short weekly tip from me on both productivity and leadership and also general business success. So go to MasterYourMinutes.com, give me your email, you'll get an awesome quick start action plan, and um, we will be in touch weekly. All right, story time, true story time. A few years back, I was working as uh, I had my consulting company, and I was called into a a meeting, I think it was a kickoff meeting, at uh, the big pharmaceutical company Johnson & Johnson. It was actually one of their subsidiaries. They have like 100, over 100 subsidiaries. So... We're in there, and um, a hotshot product manager, young guy, bursts into the room 10 minutes late. We'd been waiting on him. And he says, sorry, guys, I'm on marketing time. Now, there were six of us in that room, and we'd been waiting you know, to start that meeting for 10 minutes. 10 minutes times six people is a full hour of wasted time. And to him, you know, he made a joke about it. Uh, and it was a standing joke in this company about quote unquote marketing time. You know, anyone who worked in marketing always seemed to be running late and their meetings always ran long, a double whammy. So, you know, for some reason, maybe the young hotshot marketing guys uh, all thought it was funny, but it didn't seem like anybody else was laughing, you know, outside of that department. In a 2015 survey uh, conducted by Clarison, um, 35% of those polled said, that their weekly status meetings were a waste of time. And again, if a dozen people are sitting around a one-hour waste of time meeting, that's 12 hours wasted at the start of every week. I mean, it's completely crazy. A Harvard professor, Nancy Cohn, says, though, that there are 11 million meetings held in the United States each day. Now, (laughs) if a lot of those meetings are a complete waste, if all those meetings start on marketing time. I mean, it's got to be billions in wasted, literally wasted salaries and billions more in wasted productivity. So let's put a stop to it. If you've got a bad meeting culture in your organization, um, you know, let's understand why meetings go wrong and what you can do about it. 
I've noticed these podcasts, by the way, have been running a little long, so I'm going to try to speak faster because, again, your time is more valuable than money. So let's kick it off. I, the big one we just talked about, meetings start late. Meetings almost always start late. Um, and whether it's a, you know, a cultural thing, company culture, whether it's a culture of the country that you live in, you know, the problem is that most meetings start late and they often run long, which means, you know, people are late showing up. So it's like everybody gets trained to show up late. If I show, if you call a meeting and I get there on time and you make me sit there for 10 minutes and you just say, we'll just give everyone five more minutes to get here. Well, you know what? Next time I'm not showing up until it's 10 minutes after the hour because I'm not going to waste my time sitting there when no one else is showing up. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The fix is like, listen, every meeting needs to have a clearly designated start and end time. Ideally, don't schedule meetings back to back. You know, if you have an admin, if you have any control over your schedule, try to leave, you know, at least a 15 minute buffer time in between meetings, in between calls. Otherwise, you're going to start that chain reaction. And listen, if you're the facilitator, um, first of all, start your meeting on time. You know, hey, even if only half the people are in the room, when, you, when you're mid-sentence and everybody's already got a half a page of notes, when the other half sh shows up on marketing time, it's going to send them the signal that, okay, you know, I might have missed something important or everybody else was here early and I'm the one that's, you know, uh, got the problem. And if you're the facilitator, end your, your meetings five minutes earlier. People will love you. If you say it's a half-hour meeting end after 25 minutes. If it's an hour meeting, end after 55 minutes. Give people five minutes to you know check their smartphones and get to the next meeting so you don't cause that organizational problems. Um, let's see. Here, second big problem is that the wrong people are in the meeting. In general, I used to be this way. I would think, you know, who should be invited to this meeting? Or my assistant, well, who do you want in the meeting? Who gets the invite? And I'd say, you know, when in doubt, invite them. Uh, the more, the better. You know, it's a good to get everybody on the same page, et cetera. The problem is that people often don't have the professional courage or there isn't an environment of trust for them to say, no, thanks. I don't want to go to your meeting. So while I thought I was just out of courtesy, like, eh, when in doubt, go ahead and ask, you know, Tony to, if, to, to come to the meeting. Tony might be like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Kevin gave me all these things to do and now he wants me to go to this meeting, but I can't say no because he's the boss. So the, the other problem is that certain people, if they attend the meeting, now they think they're going to look dumb if they don't have a question or, or give some input. So they like make stuff up. You know, they expand the time of the meeting. You know, Steve Jobs, legendary Apple founder, um, you know, he was famous for this. You know, he would be in the middle of a meeting. He would notice somebody sitting there and he'd say, you know, who are you or why are you at this meeting? And if they didn't have a good answer, if their answer was, well, so-and-so invited me, he'd literally say, get out. You know, he thought having the non-essential people in the meeting interrupted the quality of the meeting and lengthened the duration of these meetings. So when in doubt, leave them now, leave them out, not invite them. Um, let's see. Parkinson's law of triviality is number three, also known as the bike shed effect. So there's this story that says um, there was a committee uh, that had to review all these plans that had to do with this, you know, billion dollar nuclear power plant that was going to be built. Uh, it's some kind of township committee or something. And the approval of the power plant itself went like, yes, vote, yes, vote. No questions, very little input. 
you know, complete consensus. Um, but when it came time to approve the location of building a shed, a bike shed on the grounds of the property, all of a sudden, everybody had all kinds of questions, all kinds of comments. The, the short part of the meeting was approving this uh, potentially lethal and billion-dollar nuclear power plant. Most of the meeting was taken up on the very uh, inconsequential and cheap bike shed. Why does that happen? Well, it's because people in that room didn't feel qualified to question or give input on a power plant. But they do feel qualified to tell you where a bike shed should be and whether it would be an eyesore and what color would look best, et cetera. So the fix is, again, you know, kind of a, kind of um, making sure people, if they belong in the room, are prepared. So if you don't have a culture of coming prepared, I mean, a really crazy idea, Jeff Bezos, who runs founder and CEO of Amazon, he opens meetings with quiet time. Often his meetings will start with 30 minutes of silence because he hands out the background reading, the memos or whatever. He knows no one's going to read it before the meeting. So rather than having people fake it and just be there uninformed, he literally, they all sit in the room and read together for 30 minutes. Then he will ask them, you know, will you summarize the key points? What points do you agree with? Which points do you disagree with? You know, then he knows there's going to be a meaningful conversation. Um, the key here is to be a strong facilitator. You know, if you're the official owner of the meeting, it's easy. But even if you're not, it's very easy for you to just look across to, you know, across the table to someone who's been really quiet. And you can just say, you know, hey, um, Linda, you've been kind of quiet on this topic. I'd love to know what you're what you think about it. So the idea is like you you pull people out or, or bring them in um, to the important topics but then, you know, let the, uh, the quiet ones go, let the easy ones go quickly. Fourth idea. So here's another problem with meetings. You know, they're scheduled uh, at the wrong time. There's no logic to, to when you're calling for the meetings. You'll, you'll often hear, you know, software engineers who are supposed to be busy coding complain about this, that, you know, there'll be a, a short you know, 30 minute meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then there's going to be a one hour meeting about, you know, priorities at two o'clock and then another short meeting at four o'clock. You know, they're trying to get into the zone, the work zone to code, uh, to get dialed in. And when all these random meetings are happening, it interrupts the flow, it interrupts the concentration. And I, you know, would suggest that holds true for all of us. So what I like to see, well, you know, for, for myself, I've got a lot of time control, you know, I don't hold meetings generally in the mornings. So for me, I want to concentrate in the morning and then I'll collaborate in the afternoon. That way I get a block of time to do my most focused work when my brain is fresh in the morning. And then, you know, uh, it's a little less taxing to have conversations and phone calls. So I'll schedule those in the afternoon and I schedule them all together. Uh, other companies will... Um, you know, pick an entire day, uh, like uh, Dustin Moskowitz, co-founder of Facebook. Uh, he told me, he said, they pick one day a week. He says, pick one day a week that you and your team can focus on getting individual work done without any interruptions like meetings at Asana. That's his new uh, company. We have no meeting Wednesdays. So that's like what they call a maker day. You know, um, I've talked about this before. Uh, my friend Rory Vaden has a very fast growing uh, company. 
they pretty much only hold their meetings on Monday. It's like, look, Mondays are going to stink. Let's just do all of our meetings. And then Tuesday through Friday, we're traveling, we're working with clients, we're running and gunning. So try to schedule your meetings at a logical time and or block them out to give people a break. Five, the wrong people dominate meetings. Now, this is similar to what I just talked about, you know, just by their personality. Extroverts are going to speak more in meetings than introverts. Doesn't mean their ideas are any better. Doesn't mean they have uh, more experience or anything, but they will tend to speak more than introverts. People who have a lot of confidence, (laughs) maybe even overly confident, you know, those people, you know, they will tend to communicate more than people who maybe don't have as much confidence. It has nothing to do with who's got a better idea, more creativity, more experience, more data at their fingertips. The wrong person or certain personalities tend to dominate. Again, the fix is that role of the facilitator. If it's your meeting, make sure you're going around and getting input from everybody, getting everybody to weigh in. Um, remind people that silence will be taken as agreement. You know, if, if, if uh, hey, you know, how's this sound? And three people say, yeah, good idea. And five people don't say anything. You just need to remind everyone that, okay, I'm assuming you agree. And this is a yes vote because you don't want them going away and being like, well, I didn't agree with that. Or I never said I supported that idea. You need to make sure if there's going to be something that needs to be said, it happens in the meeting. That's the role of the facilitator. Okay. So how can you apply it? I mean, this is very actionable. If you are the organizer of, of meetings, if you call meetings yourself, first of all, don't, <laughs> don't hold so many meetings, you know, can something be done over email or some other mode of communication? So reduce the number of meetings. If you have to have a meeting, does it have to be an hour? Can it be 30 minutes? Can a 30 minute meeting be done in 15 minutes, cut down their time. And then be a strong facilitator, make sure people you know, are prepared, the right people are in the room and everybody has an equal voice. Don't forget, If you're not the facilitator, you're just another member invited, you still have permission to just say, hey guys, I'd love to know what so-and-so thinks. You can still drive the meetings to a successful conclusion. Okay, last reminder. Remember how PJ Fernandez, I told you at the start of this podcast, he said these 15 secrets that ultra productive people know, uh, they changed his life. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you're getting some value out of it. Will you pay it forward? Just show a friend uh, this podcast on your phone and teach them how to become a podcast listener on their iPhone. Or, you know, write a couple of lines on your Facebook. Say, hey, check out Productivity Podcast. Um, It's productivity-podcast.com. Just spread the word so we can get more people Uh, away from being overworked and overwhelmed and into a balanced extreme productivity. Until next week, remember, master your minutes to master your life. Hey, if you like this podcast, you're going to love the LeadX Academy at leadx.org. If you didn't know, LeadX is actually my company And we have dozens of video-based courses that are designed to help you to achieve your full potential. And I personally teach you courses via video like 
how to cure procrastination, how to stop time thieves, how to cut your email inbox traffic in half, how to get to inbox zero with the 4D habit, how to minimize your meeting time, and how to maximize your focus and energy and so much more. And every month we're adding new courses, new webinars, and new resources. You could check it all out, no cost. There's a free trial at leadx.org. Until next week, remember, we all have the same 1,440 minutes a day. Master your minutes to master your life.